another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to the Dark Crystal Minute. Help begin all the same, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And now once more the world must undergo a time of testing. It is time, time to return to the castle. There is much to be learned, and you have no time. And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Jamie Prater. Hello and welcome to the Dark Crystal Minute. This is your minute-by-minute discussion on the Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip Mitchell, and I'm from Trial by Stone, a Dark Crystal podcast. And I am J.M. Prater from Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, and Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. All right, so in this episode, we are up to minute 13 of the Dark Crystal. So for those who are new to the program, uh, what we do in each episode is we discuss the Dark Crystal one minute at a time. So for this episode, we're up to uh, minute 13, so from the 12th to the 13th minute. And um, yeah, so it's just something that was inspired by, um, I think, Star Wars Minute. And there's a lot of podcasts out there that do these sort of movies by minute podcasts um, that are definitely worth checking out. So I guess we'll start with recapping what happens uh, in this minute. So obviously, I mean, in this minute, this is when we see the Emperor uh, Skeksy, uh, Skexo, uh, as he dies, his face crumbles and, you know, he's sort of the first one to die of these Skeksis. And then, and then we go back to see, um, to see, uh, Urso, um, the master, the master mystic, um, and he passes away too. So you sort of get a sense of, you know, that there is some kind of connection between the Skeksis and the mystic. And then of course, Jen mourns of his passing, with a voiceover sort of dialogue, um, he says, "Oh, master, I'll go where you send me, though I barely understand." And then just, and then it just sort of ends with, with him sort of his head lowers, um, you know, in mourning for his master. And and then the minute ends with a transition to a mystic playing the harp or or a loom, I should say, uh, and that was uh, At the Weaver. That was the name of the mystic who, who uh, plays the the loom. So yeah, I mean that that's sort of the wrap up for you know well that that minute. I, I guess I mean that's one of those things, uh, Jamie. Like with the with the, with the Skeksis dying, that that was like one of the many sort of horrible moments that we probably remember in our childhoods um, with that scene. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember um, watching that scene with friends of mine, um, and I don't think we fully understood what we were watching. I mean, it was gross. It was weird. It was disturbing. But I think we kind of made light of it, me and my friends. Um, I don't know. Uh, and I remember kind of laughing about it with this one girl that I was growing up with. And I would pretend, I would put on the voice and she'd be like, Jamie, do that voice. And I would pretend like I was the emperor and I would do, you know, and I would say, I'm still, emp-, you know, whatever. Uh, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would totally <laughs> yeah. do all of that. Um, and uh, it, was, it was just a great time. It was a great memory I have seeing that. Every time I see that scene, I, I think about being a kid and seeing that and reenacting that for my friends. But, uh, you know, it's a very interesting, po- poignant scene. And as, you know, as an adult now, you know, as we were talking and we're going, wa- wa- walking ourselves through this film minute by minute, or the, this film, again, the amount of time spent to create these momentary effects the amount of time that they spent trying to figure out how they're going to make that emperor crumble 
and having to do it. I don't know how many times they had to do it. I don't think people fully understand what goes into something like that. Um, you're talking hours and hours and months and months and months of work to figure out that kind of effect, figure out how they're going to do it, and hope hope that it works. And it worked. And I just realized, I just had a look at through the uh, Dark Crystal Ultimate Visual History book, and uh, which was a great behind-the-scenes book on the making of the Dark Crystal and so, actually, how the effect was done was that the creature shop, uh, cre- they actually created a version of the Emperor's head, uh, which they made it out of soft clay. And um, Ian Wingrove, who was the, uh, the mechanical effects designer on the film, he actually then installed mechanisms in the piece that were attached to a number of thick wires. And then, of course, when pulled, the wires would pull the face apart from the inside. So that was how the effect. So that was how the effect was uh, achieved, which is you know uh, a very simple way of doing things, but just incredible stuff. And even just you, even watching the um, the Skeksis, they're just like taking a step back as well. Just I think they're you know even they're a bit shocked at how he's going down. Yeah, and I just love, that's funny. And I just love the yeah, and I just love the the wide shot. Um, uh, you know that that all all the Skeksis are in are in um in shot uh, (laughs) and they have that look like oh my god what's happening yeah is this going to happen to us next (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be emperor Uh, yeah and 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 like for me like really the big thing like just the subtleness of you know the performance um and just like even i can just imagine you just being on set just the amount of movement that they need to do to pull off these uh performances and i think one of my um sort of um examples that i could think of um i mean especially with um jen um with i think the second last shot before the transition and as you see um uh the master mystic sort of passing away and disappearing and and then you um and then as you see sort of um the blankets sort of falling down and then you see um so jen sort of lowering his head which is sort of adds, I don't know, just, it just adds a little bit, you know, sus- not suspension disbelief, but yeah, just a bit more realism to the world that, you know, this film isn't just, you know, creatures and, you know, and puppets and whatnot that, you know, everything in the movie feels so real. Like, <laughs> completely, like it's completely authentic. And, you know, and the magic of this movie, again, is because everything is 100% real. Again, as an adult, and maybe because we've seen this film so many times, we're biased by it. But nothing, I mean, maybe there's some movements of the pod people that feel kind of fake, but nothing catches my eye as, oh, this isn't real. Like, Jen is a living, breathing thing. And as I'm seeing him lower his head and his arms, the, the body language of sadness, you also have to understand, or people, people have to understand, because I know you understand, that there's somebody under the floor operating him, and that there's major, major work happening to create this tiny little subtle nuance scene, major, major work happening, um, where people are coordinating the, the, the head and the hands and the ears and the eyes to look down, to move down, to have the body move down in, in, in parallel to the disappearance of, of the mystic. And then there's the shot where the mystic is disappearing. And then it cuts to a wider shot and you see the clothes then falling down, you know, cause he's disappeared um, like a Jedi. It's, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable that they pulled this movie off so well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially you know for that time period, you know, with 
when they shot this in the late sort of 70s or more early 80s, um, I, sh- I should say. Um, it's just incredible. And also, I guess, um, you know, the, even the similarities like with um, like this scene um, that always sort of, you know, I think you and I, we sort of talked about a bit before how it sort of reminds us from Return of the Jedi with um, with Yoda, you know, passing away and and then you got, you know, Luke on his own sort of thing. Uh, just I don't know, yeah, they're just both very similar. Even though these films came out, you know, different years. Well, The Dark Crystal came out, you know, a couple of months before Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I just I sort of like those sort of you know similarities or some influences or you know or whatnot. You know, just um, just an interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things that I think when you and I were discussing doing our documentary, um, we were sharing the scene in photos, uh, how kind of parallel they are. And Jen is in this kind of little hovel as Luke was, and they're both being, Jen and Luke are both being told kind of this wisdom from their masters. And then their masters, uh, at the end of their life disappear. Um, it's very, it's very interesting. And even the fabric feels similar, the fabric around that, that's the blanket around, um, the mystic master feels very similar to the fabric that's uh, uh, the the blanket that's over Yoda. They just feel like Dagobah could be another world over from Thra, you know? And even just like the, the design, like even on that blanket, um, you know, you see that um, the, uh, the shapes of the triangles and circles on the blanket. And um, yeah, it's just incredible. And I mean, it's one of those things because we're, we're just watching it. I mean, I'm just, for me, I'm watching it just based on the iTunes um, HD copy of the film so it, it you know because we're sort of you know i mean as you're listening this the, the movie will be out by now in 4k so um i actually can't wait to um when the 4k comes out you know to to get our hands on it to be able to uh just see how much more detail um that we can get out of these films so i, I, I can't know, wait to get here. stills from the 4k i can't wait to get those stills it's going to be awesome and and so yeah i mean it sort of ends yeah just with the um the mystic, you know, playing um, an instrument, sort of like a harp-like instrument. I actually had to look online on darkcrystal.com um, just to say, oh, because on the script, um, I had a look at the, the post-production script that's on darkcrystal.com and it was described as a, as a harp. Um, but then when I looked at the um, sort of the biography of these uh, characters and I worked out which mystic it was and um, which is Art the, uh, the Weaver, and it mentions um, that yeah, it's that he's playing a loom. That the instrument is yeah called a loom. So I thought it was kind of like yeah, just as part of the research. Yeah, I'm like okay, cool. But yeah, I think that probably I, I guess I'll probably wrap up for um, this minute of the Dark Crystal minute. If you like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. You can check us out on Twitter at Dark Crystal Pod. We're also on Instagram at Dark Crystal Podcast. And if you can give us a review on Facebook or on iTunes, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your time and come back next time for more The Dark Crystal Minute.